made it halfway in 2020 and that is saying something, isn't it? It's been a pretty hectic year and you know what, I've seen some really funny memes um, about 2020 over the last few weeks and if you're wondering what a meme is, it's just a photo or a video that goes viral. You might know it as a meme And if you don't know what going viral is, then I can't help you. <laughs> but don't worry, it's got nothing to do with the coronavirus. Do you want to have a look at a couple of them? These are two of my favourites. Hit me with the first one. Me getting through each month of 2020. Don't you love it? It keeps going. Oh, oh, oh. And June, we are here. Hit me with the second one. That one's funny. This one, oh, oh, if the year 2020 was a meme, just let that sink in. Any dentists in the room this morning? Oh, that person needs some help and so does 2020. You can, you can shut it down now. So how... In 2020, can we come together as a church today and say this is a celebration Sunday? How? I think because of you. Because in a time where we would typically shrink back, slow down, or even quit, we, together as the church, stepped up and continued to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our city. And so for that, Like Lee said, I want to say thank you. You are incredible. And whether it's been with your generosity, whether it's been supporting a family member to go out and serve, or whether it's been physically driving those things around our region, you have all been a part of impacting this city. And it's incredible. Our theme for this year was brick by brick. You know, it had nothing to do with where we met as a church. It had nothing to do really even with what we were doing. It was simply about moving forward, person by person, moment by moment, story by story, brick by brick. And it was inspired from this scripture in 1 Peter 2, verses 4 to 5. It says, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. You're a brick. We've been saying it week after week. Manny, my man, you are a brick. We are spiritual stones being built into a spiritual house. And the power of a brick comes from what? It's availability and it's connectivity. It's availability and it's connectivity. You know, our God isn't surprised by 2020. He's not sitting here wondering what to do next. He isn't surprised by 2020. And I took a look back at the message from Vision Launch Sunday, one of the first Sundays of the year before this pandemic thing had hit us, before we knew that it was going to change how we live. And these words are what we spoke on that Sunday morning. We said the church has never been a place. It has always been a people. The church has always faced persecution, but somehow it still moves forward brick by brick. What did Jesus say? I will build my church and the gates of Hades, the gates of hell won't stand against it. And what spoke to me most, though, 
was we said this statement in January. If you think the devil is excited about today, you'd be wrong. Because we wage war with principalities and spiritual forces. And this is the bit. And if we knew every weapon that was formed against us this year, we might give up. But instead, God calls us to walk in faith. We are moving forward brick by brick. Because our God is with us. Our God is for us. And he is the God of the impossible. And nothing will slow us down. If that doesn't get you fired up with purpose and the faith that God is for us, then I don't know what will. Our God isn't surprised by 2020. And you know, you are purposed for such a time as this. You are. You are purposed for such a time as this. And that's why today I want to bring a message titled, Today is Your Day. Today is your day, and not just for those that we're celebrating in the baptismal, not just for those that we're going to celebrate in a moment, because that's just reminded me that we've got some people that have completed their grow courses, but today is your day, if you will let it. Let's break just briefly and celebrate these grow course people, because they came here specifically with friends to celebrate with them, and I've totally forgotten it. Hey. If you've been part of our Grow course, would you jump up on stage with me? It's the perfect time to do it before we read the scripture. We've got Anna. We've got Michelle Casey and Taylor. There's a few more. Give them a hand as they come up on stage. Come join me over here. These guys took part in... Our first GROW courses, our um, foundational courses over three sessions where we go through the foundations of what it means to be a Jesus follower. And what I love about this course is that it, all, it isn't just all knowledge, that actually in the step one they learn about Christianese and, and all of these things that we say in church and what does it mean to me in my life. And then in the second one they learn what their identity in Christ is and how that affects how they live and move into the future. And then in the third one, They learn how to express their faith and share their story. And it's incredible. And these three beautiful ladies took part in it, some of them via Zoom towards the end and some in person. But we just wanted to get them up. Say thank you. You guys are courageous. I hope that you got a lot out of it. We're going to thank Pastor Bron for running them and Pastor Aaron through that course. But right now, I wonder whether you'd stretch out your hands so we could pray for them. Dear Lord, I thank you for these three beautiful women. God, each individually purposed, like we said, for such a time as this. And so, God, right now, I pray that you would pour out your blessing upon them, that you would reveal more of yourself to them, that, Lord, they would understand where you are calling them and who you are calling them to be as Jesus followers. God, I pray as they grow in their faith and their courage, God, that your peace and your hope would be with them and that they would know that you are for them. So who on this earth or anywhere else could stand against them? God, as they go with confidence, Lord, I pray that as they share their faith, others would be impacted and come to know you because of these three beautiful ladies. In your mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank you. Thanks, team. Michelle's getting baptized after the service. All right.
Galatians 3, verses 26 to 29, and I apologize if the middle screen is a little bit out of sync this morning. It says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Would you pray with me? Dear Lord, this morning as we bring this message and we come to this point of baptism, Lord, I pray that you would speak to us individually about where we are at today, God. And Lord, would you reveal to us what it is that you would have us do? Lord, I don't want to walk out of this building the same as I walked into it. And Lord, I pray that over every open heart and ear this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to spend the next few minutes just breaking down these four verses from Galatians chapter 3. And at the end of the service, we're going to do all of that baptism stuff and the band's going to come up and we're going to celebrate. But right now, would you turn to the person next to you and say, today is your day. Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Those 12 words right there, I think are the most powerful in this entire passage. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Why is that powerful? Because knowing your creator, knowing who created you, means you discover what you were created for. Knowing who you created, who created you is how you discover what you were created for. You are children of God through faith in Jesus. Someone once said, it's whose you are, not who you are. It's whose you are, not who you are. And we almost always get stuck when we reverse the order. I'm not getting baptized today until I get my life sorted out. Or I'm not going to serve in the connect group or be a part of a team until I quit my smoking habit because it feels awkward. Or I'm not going to give to the church until I know this is my home and I know that they care about me. And hey, I want you to get your life sorted out. I want to cheer you on. If you want to quit smoking and that's your thing, I'll cheer you on for it. I want you to know that this church cares about you. But you've got the order messed up. For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus first. Which means you don't need to imagine you were different. You don't need to pretend or act like you were different before you fit in. You don't need to get all of the ducks in a row and your life sorted out before you belong. Because it's through faith in Christ Jesus. So before we go anywhere this morning, I want to start with this statement from Galatians 3 verse 26. You are His. You are His. Because understanding who your creator is will allow you to discover what you were created for. And we need to make sure we get that order right. You are His. And it's almost like Paul is listening to us 
in this moment because as he moves on to verse 27, he says, And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. I read that this week and I was like, hang on, Paul. Didn't you just say that it was through faith in Jesus that we are made children of God and now you're adding baptism on top of that to unite us in Christ? And it can be kind of confusing, but it's not actually what he was saying. You see, baptism, it's an outward expression of an inward decision. And yes, it's symbolic, but I have no doubt that there is a spiritual transformation in this moment taking place as well. One scholar writes that through faith, we are brought into union with Christ, but through baptism into communion with him. For they are not merely baptized in his name and by his authority and according to his command, but into a participation of the blessings of grace which are in him and come through his sufferings and death. For they that are baptized into Christ are baptized into his death and resurrection from the dead. Translated, following Jesus isn't all sunshine and roses. It's not. Jesus himself said, in this life you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Following after Jesus isn't all sunshine and roses, but it is a life full of purpose. And suddenly all of my pain, all of my trials, all of my questions and my troubles are connected with purpose. Have you ever stopped to think of what it's like to put on new clothes? For some of, us, um, some of us guys, it's the new jocks and socks every Christmas that we enjoy that moment. But if you're anything like my mum over her birthday week, every time I called her, I'm just shopping, Josh. Sorry, can you call me back? With a new person every day. It was like people said, hey, what do you want to do for your birthday? No, oh, no one's gone shopping with me yet. All right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Anyway, you know what it's like to put on new clothes, don't you? I used to work at the city of Mandurah, and it's this typical corporate environment. You know, managers and directors and the CEO and then the workers. Except at the city of Mandurah, they called the workers officers, which just made me feel really nice and important, but made no difference to my paycheck, right? And you could clearly tell the difference between the two sides, if you like, by how they dressed. The big wigs, the directors and the managers, day in, day out, they rock up, suit and tie, ready for work. And then the officers, or the workers, at least in the office space, rocked up in a polo shirt and pants. And you hoped that you swapped out the polo shirt once a year with the clothing allowance, right? These big wigs, they might wear jeans on casual Friday, but not without like the most expensive leather shoes that you could buy. What I love about this was there was this one guy who was a community development officer. He wasn't a manager. He wasn't a director. I don't think he oversaw anyone. But he rocked up day in, day out in a suit and tie. And he stuck out like a sore thumb. And it was kind of awkward standing next to him. And one day I worked up the courage to ask him, why do you keep coming like that? I mean, it's casual Friday. I'm, I'm in my shorts. What's going on? And he said, I dress like who I want to become. I dress like who I want to become. And I know that's kind of a saying, right? People say, hey, you've got to dress like who you want to become. And it's funny because he was actually an ex-pastor. But the penny only really dropped until this week for me. 
Paul writes that we are putting on new clothes. And I had this realization that it's not because we necessarily deserve them. It's because he's dressing us like we are becoming. He dresses you for who you are becoming and not who you are right now. Okay, so on the outside, baptism is this symbolic thing. But on the inside, I'm putting on new clothes. And that means something. There's actually power in that. It's actually a faith position, a position of faith that I might not feel like this. I might not feel worthy, but my God says, I am made worthy in his image. I'm created in his image. I'm a child of God through my faith. And so now, in my new clothes, when weakness comes, sorry, wrong guy. When addiction comes, sorry, wrong guy. When shame comes knocking at my door, sorry, you got the wrong guy. I'm in my new clothes. When the enemy comes, sorry, you got the wrong guy. It means something. And it's a powerful perspective, a position of faith that you are his. But not only that, you are a new creation. You are his and you are a new creation. Turn to the person next to you and say, nice clothes. Galatians 3.28 says, There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. Let me read that again. There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female, for you were all made one in Christ Jesus. I just want to highlight one thing from that passage this morning, that verse. Your identity is not wrapped up in your behavior. Your identity is not wrapped up in how you look. Your identity isn't wrapped up in your heritage or even your culture. It's not. Those things, yes, they shape us as people, but it's not where our identity is found. For we are all made one in Christ Jesus. But do you know what I want to highlight here? So is that person that hurt you. So is that person that betrayed you. So is that person that you don't like that much. Whether they are in our church community and through faith they also are a child of God or whether they are yet to come to know Jesus, our perspective should be different, shouldn't it? If we're putting on new clothes, aren't they too? It shifts how we think and perceive people, doesn't it? You are one. You are his and you are a new creation. We said it at the start of the year, unity starts with you. Unity starts with you. And you might think, is church just trying to be, become one person? And um, I'm an individual and now I'm just trying to be all of the same. No, unity doesn't mean uniformity. I actually believe that our diversity is best expressed through Jesus. Like it can't be anywhere else. You are one. You are one. You are his and you are a new creation. And finally, in verse 29, Paul writes, And now that you belong to Christ, 
You are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs. And God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. Does the band come up and join me? We're going to talk about who this Abraham guy even is. We've been talking about him week after week, and we refer to him as the father of faith. And you can read about him in the book of Genesis, and he lived in a time before Jesus entered the world. And so when Paul writes that we are all united with Christ and heirs to Abraham's promise, he's actually writing about these three significant promises that were made towards Abraham. I was scared he was going to come steal my iPad like last week. So what are the three promises? It's the promise of the promised land, the promise of descendants, and the promise of blessing and redemption. You can find the first one, the promised land, in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1, where God calls Abraham from the place that he was into the land of Canaan. Canaan was later named Israel after one of Abraham's grandsons, and we refer to it as the promised land. What does that mean to us today in Australia? Not a whole lot. And I, I'm no theologian, and so maybe someone can connect some more dots here than I can. But I see a lot of this being fulfilled with Joshua entering that promised land many, many years ago. So the second promise, the promise of descendants. This can be found in Genesis 12, verse 2, where God says that I'll make you the father of many nations, and he changes his name from Abram to Abraham, meaning father of many nations. And he promises that he will have as many descendants as the stars in the sky. What does that mean to us today? Not a whole lot. Although I do like to think of that promise as me being a part of something bigger than myself. I'm a part of big, something bigger than myself. And don't we all want to be? But it's the third promise that speaks most into my soul. The promise of blessing and redemption. We see this promise over Genesis 12, verses 1 to 3, where God says that I will bless all of your descendants. What is the blessing of God? I think it can be simplified like this. His presence, His provision, and His power. What does that mean for us today as we place our faith in Jesus as we're united with him in baptism, as we belong to him and we are heirs to the same promise of Abraham, we too have access to his presence, his provision, and his power. So no matter where I am this morning, he is with me. No matter what I have this morning, he is my provider. And no matter what obstacle or mountain is in front of me, I have his power, the God of the impossible, his provision, his presence, and his power, but not only that, his redemptive power also, the promise of blessing and redemption, which means no matter where you are at this morning, not only is he with you, but he has the power, like no other power in this world, to redeem what once was broken, to bring purpose from your pain, beauty from ashes, Meaning from mud. Today is your day. Today is your day to make a decision. 
Today is your day to be baptized. Today is your day to unite. Today is your day to make a sacrifice. Today is your day to surrender. Today is your day to lay down that brick and say, I'm going to be available and connected. Today is your day to say goodbye to that thing, that addiction or that shame or that pain or whatever it is that seems to be chasing you day after day. Today is your day to say, that's tomorrow. That's yesterday. I put on new clothes. Tomorrow I'm walking differently with the faith that the power of God's incredible grace is sufficient for me. Today is your day. And I want to give you an opportunity right now as you bow your heads. You know, I know that there are people in this room that are yet to make a decision to follow after Jesus. And the only reason I'm getting you to bow your head is out of respect for others, but also so that you can have some time to reflect on your own life. You know, when we place our faith in Jesus, what we're saying is that, God, we trust you. Jesus, we trust that you came into this earth, died upon a cross, and rose again three days later so that we could have eternal life and the forgiveness of our sins. And so if you this morning want to make that decision, as every head is bowed, all I'm going to do is ask you to put up your hand so that I can identify with you, and then we're going to say a prayer as a church all together and celebrate this moment. You might feel that tug on the inside of your heart or that emptiness that you're searching for meaning in life. I want to tell you it's found in Jesus. That it's only through Jesus we can experience real love, true purpose, and everlasting life. So if that's you, would you just raise your hand quickly for me so that I can celebrate with you. Raise it up real high so I can see it. Awesome, let's pray together as a church. Dear Jesus, come into my heart. I want to live for you. I believe you died and rose again for me. Forgive my sins and help me to know what it is to be a Jesus follower. I want to follow you. In your mighty name, Hey.